Okay, if you would take your Bible, then turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. As we continue in our study of biblical standards. And if you, uh, there are some standard sheets there in the back if you'd like to um, have one for your own use and and uh, sign it when we're finished. But anyway, First um, <clears throat> Corinthians chapter six. Going to read verses uh, twelve through twenty, where it says, "All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Meats for the belly, and the belly for meats. But God shall destroy both it and them." Now, the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. And God hath both raised up the Lord, and will also raise up us by his own power. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ, and make them the members of an harlot? God forbid. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and ye are not your own? For you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So, titled message tonight is Avoiding Addictive Habits. Smoking, drinking, and drugs. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the opportunity and privilege we have to open your precious word. We thank you that it does it is relevant for our time and it does address every issue of life. For we have all things that pertains to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. So pray, Father, we look into the Word of God tonight and consider these subjects. I pray that you give us wisdom and understanding into thy truth. And might you be glorified, might we be helped. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, the standard sheet says this, quote, we're supposed to refrain from the following activities, and this is what we're looking at tonight. Smoking, drinking, alcoholic beverages, or using drugs for recreational or mood-altering purposes. And, of course, as we look in our text in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Verse 12 in particular says, All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. And what we're talking about tonight is substances or things that can be addictive and are addictive. Um, smoking is addictive. And not only is it addictive, it's damaging to the body, as well as drinking and as well as drugs. Uh, before I really, I wanna, what I want to do for the most part is just look at some passages of Scripture concerning and give you some principles from the Scripture. Before I do that, I want to give you some information <clears throat> concerning these things. Uh, an article here about cigarette smoking, and, uh, and I looked it up on the Internet too, and this is relevant. But anyway, uh, this article says, Cigarette smoking contains carbon monoxide. So there's defiling chemicals in cigarettes. Carbon monoxide, this is the same poison that comes out of your tailpipe in your car. 
Uh, many people have died from carbon monoxide poisoning. You know, I remember when I was a kid, there was a, a guy who, if I remember correctly, well, I was pretty young, so I don't remember real clearly, clearly, but I remember Dad saying he took, hooked something to the tailpipe of his car and stuck it in the window and left it run. And I think he drove to the mountain, what, what they called the, um, the bottom of the mountain, stone mountain there. There was a spring there. There's a name for it, and I can't remember now what it was. Uh, don't laugh. You know, you'll get that way too someday. But anyway, um, you know, this carbon monoxide poisoning, that's in, that's in cigarette smoke. Cigarette smoking contains ammonia, which is toxic to man. Cigarette smoke contains formaldehyde, which is a chemical used to embalm dead bodies. Uh, cigarette smoke contains uh, preferral, which is known 50 times more poisonous than alcohol. Cigarette smoke contains nicotine, which is a narcotic drug. That's what's really addictive. Uh, cigarette smoke contains 19 different poisons in all, and we just listed a few. And uh, the Surgeon General, um, now former Secretary of Health, Education, and Welfare, said that cigarette smoking really puts it, he puts it this way, you're committing, quote, slow motion suicide, unquote. Um, so, you know, that's smoking. Uh, we hear in our modern age of wisdom and technology and medical advancement that alcohol is good as a medicine now. And uh, here's an article by a physician, Dr. George J. Van Komen, and I, you know, I've questioned that ever since I heard this. You know, I had an uncle who they gave, he was supposed to drink a beer a day for some malady he had. Uh, and, you know, <clears throat> I've also read some things about alcohol. But anyway, he says this, quote, George Van Komen wrote, As a physician, I'm flabbergasted at the enormous success the alcohol industry has had repackaging booze as health food. Nothing could be further from the truth. Several scientific studies over the past 20 years have suggested that moderate alcohol consumption can raise healthy cholesterol may also reduce out-of-control clotting of the blood. But completely believing these studies is like using a howitzer to kill a rat that is raiding your garage. Your garbage, I'm sorry. You may rid yourself of the rodent, but what will it do to your house? A wine institute spokesperson touting health studies that caused half-hearted health officials to soften their stance on alcohol as health food stated that he was, quote, full of joy, unquote, over these changes. As a doctor, I must ask, how can anyone be joyous over the use of alcohol, a drug that causes so many adverse consequences to both health and safety? There is no other drug, legal or illegal, that does more personal harm than alcohol. The Center for Substance Abuse states that more than 100,000 Americans died of the direct consequences of alcohol in 1994. Alcohol cost American society that year $100 billion. Alcohol consumption negatively affects every virtually every organ and system within the human body, so negative are the effects that it will cut off 15 years of life. It, interrupt, it interrupts the lives of 17 million Americans today through misuse and dependency. Alcohol raises blood pressure, one of the leading causes of heart attacks. Alcohol is a poison you don't need. Stay away from it and avoid all the problems and health consequences suffered by thousands of drinkers, unquote. Uh, so, you know, again, we hear Pete, you know, health professionals saying today, you know, oh, a little alcohol is good for you. I remember I read, there's a book by uh, Charles Chiniquy. He was a 
former Catholic priest, and he was, he, he was a proponent of abstinence and, uh, not abstinence, prohibition. But anyway, he, uh, he, uh, he never liked, he, he never liked the alcohol they used in, in, in the, in the, uh, you know, in their tra- transubstantiation, you know, their, their communion. And, uh, uh, he always, you know, he said it, it led to drunken priests and, uh, and so on, uh, but he did a. He had a doctor in Canada that asked him one day. He was going to do an autopsy of a guy that drank, and if he'd like to to watch him do this autopsy. And he said yes. And he said this doctor showed him that everywhere that alcohol went in that body, that body was inflamed. In other words, the body is trying to reject it because it's poison. It had inflamed the body wherever it went. Uh, here's an article in The Way of Life, uh, O. Timothy, 2018. It says alcohol damages, it's a harmful chemical, and it can lead to permanent genetic damage of DNA cell, stem cells, increasing the risk of cancer developing, according to research published uh, in, by British scientists. Um, and, of course, you know, well, some people say, well, Jesus made wine. That wasn't alcoholic. Could you imagine Jesus getting glory from making people drunker? But it says when they had well, well nigh drunk. They were not drunk as we think drunk. They had just drank a lot. But it wasn't making them drunk. No, he didn't make alcoholic wine. He made, he made grape juice. Um, of course, the other thing that is... Uh, um, where is it I have? Oh, of course, the drugs and the thing that's uh, making headway and has made for the last 10 years or so becoming legalized is marijuana. There was a lengthy article in the Impremise, uh back in January of 2019, and I'll just give you a paragraph in here. It says, quote, After an exhaustive review, the National Academy of Medicine found in 2017 that, quote, cannabis use is likely to increase the risk of developing schizophrenia and other psychosis. The higher the use, the greater the risk. Now, uh, so these are things that, that uh, you know, People will use and say that 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 they're okay to use, but according to the scriptures, you know these are all addictive substances. And according to the scriptures, he says we're we're not to be, uh, you know, all things may be lawful. All things are not expedient. All things are lawful, but I will not be brought under the power of enemies. So as we think about that tonight, I want to look at notice three things as we consider that. First of all, the word expedient here means profitable. So all things are not profitable. Uh, if it doesn't edify me, if it doesn't help me in my life, in my Christian walk, I ought not use it or do it. That ought to be the end of it. You know, there are many things in the world that are useful to man, but can at the same time, if they're used wrongly, be dangerous and damaging. Your knife can be a useful tool can be used to obtain food, do surgical procedures, defend one's life. But it also can be used to 
take life or damage your own self. You know, there are many plants that are to be used for food. But just because God put plants in the world doesn't mean they're okay for us to use. Now, there may be uses for them. And, you know, like everything, everything has its boundaries of use. Um, you know, I remember one preacher saying one time, these hippies will say to him, well, well, you know, God, God made marijuana, so it must be okay to smoke it. He said, why don't you smoke some poison ivy then? See how that goes, you know. You know, there are, there are uses for marijuana. Hemp, it's also called. Uh, it can be used for animal bedding, rope, insulation, building materials, tactile, textiles, and paper. There are many uses. You know, I remember, I remember watching, I got in a video, I think it was, it was a news clip from, uh, about Rand Paul, and he was, he was trying to make it legal. This was, this was back before the state started legalizing marijuana for recreational use. And he was trying to get it legal for Kentucky farmers to grow hemp. And I thought to myself, whoa, you know, what's this all about? But what he was doing was, he said it used to be, <laughs> you say, yeah, cash crop, uh, a, a very good lucrative cash crop, not for smoking use, but for industrial uses. And Kentucky farmers were being were hurt badly because the government outlawed it, period. By the way, what can you make from corn? Liquor. So let's outlaw, let's outlaw corn. Do you ever wonder why there's so many laws against certain things? Like, there's a lot of laws about cigarettes. And, you know, notices and notification, you know, notices about cigarettes to certain general... Do they put those kind of notices on the liquor bottles? Um, anyway, you know, I think our government picks and chooses what it likes to, to, to control and what it doesn't. But anyway, uh, so if it's not expedient, if it's not profitable for us, then we ought not use it. The second thing he says here in verse 12, we're not to be brought under the power of any. That means to be brought under control or be dependent on. You know, is alcoholic drink addictive? Are cigarettes addictive? Are drugs addictive? Are they mood altering? Can they change? Can you change your your your, your uh, moods and your passions? I had a neighbor boy that they they said um, he was um, uh, trying to remember his last name, but anyway, uh, he they said he was very quiet until he got a few a few beers under his belt, and then he became very loud. <laughs> it changed his, see, it changed his personality. These things are uh, altering and addictive. Go to, go to Proverbs for this. Go to Proverbs chapter 23. <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 23. And verse 29. Proverbs 23, 29. Who hath woe? Who hath sorrow? Who hath contentions? Who hath babbling? Who hath wounds without cause? Who hath redness of eyes? They that tarry long 
at the wine, they that go to seek mixed wine. Look not thou upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth its color in the cup, when it moveth itself aright. At the last it biteth like a serpent, and stingeth like an adder. Thine eyes shall behold strange women, thine heart shall utter perverse things. Yea, thou shalt be as he that lieth down in the midst of the sea, or as he that lieth upon the top of a mast. They have stricken me, and thou shalt and, and shalt thou say, I was not sick. They have beaten me, and I felt it not. When shall I awake? I will seek it. Here's the addictive. I will seek it yet again. Seek it yet again. Go to chapter 31. You know, does the Bible say you can use it for medicine? Yeah. In one instance. Look at chapter 31, verse 4. It is not for kings, O woman mule. It's not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes strong drink. Lest they drink and forget the law. So again, here it, it, it causes perversion. Perverts the judgment of any of the afflicted. Give strong drink unto him that is ready to perish. So if you're dying and you need a sedative, strong drinks is okay. But I do not believe it should be given as medicine to a person that's planning to live another 20 years. It's a different story. Uh, as they're doing today, uh, like they did with my uncle. Anyway, now give it to him that's ready to perish, and wine unto those that have heavy hearts. Let him drink and forget his poverty and remember his misery no more. So, uh, but, you know, again, we're not to be brought, you know, we see very clearly there that it is an addictive summit. You know, I will seek it yet again as what the alcoholic said about his alcohol. And, and of course, this is, true of, this is true of cigarettes and this is true of drugs as well. Uh, people become dependent on them. You have a neighbor that, that, that smoked for years. And he said, he said I, I gave up drugs, but I can't seem to give up cigarettes. It's addictive. And God says we're not to be under the power, the control of any, any other authority, any other power over our bodies. Because, and we notice thirdly here, our bodies are for the Lord. Our bodies are for the Lord. Verse 13, meats for the belly and belly for meats. God shall destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. By the way, do you know that God is for your body? The healthiest way to live is to live by the principles of the Word of God. And there are principles that God gives us in His Word, and we're talking about some of them tonight, for the, to have the best health. And we're going to talk about some more of them, you know, about... Uh, dependence on the Lord. You know, we're not to be dependent upon drugs or alcohol or cigarettes. Uh, for, for, uh, we're to be dependent upon the Lord. Our body is for the Lord. And God hath both raised up the Lord and will also raise up us by his own power. Drop down to verse 19. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and ye are not your own. For you are bought with a the price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So our bodies are to be for the Lord. They've been purchased by the blood of Christ. You know, we know this body's going to be changed, but our whole being has been purchased by the blood of Christ. And 
And our bodies are to be vessels unto honor, meat for the master's use. And so they're to be under the Lord's power, the Lord's control, or the Lord's direction, not a substance. They're to be used for Him and in submission to Him. You know, alcohol and, and even cigarettes, alcohol and cigarettes and mood altering drugs, uh, you know, we've seen a drastic increase in use. And I believe that the closer we get to the Lord's coming and the greater the apostasy, which is a departure from the truth, we're going to see it more. Because doesn't the Bible say that ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free? Now, what does he mean by free? Well, freedom from the conscience of guilt. The guilt of sin. I fear that many, many are, you know, have a conscience of guilt and therefore they, res- they resort to these things to override that co- guilty conscience. And we see in Revelation... Uh, there's four verses in Revelation where the word sorcery is used. Revelation 9, verse 21, says, Neither repented they of their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their fornication, nor of their thefts. Revelation 18 and 23, And the light of the candle shall shine no more at all in her. This is talking about mystery Babylon. And the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. For thy merchants were the great men of the earth, and for thy, by thy sorceries were all nations deceived. Now, the biblical usage for that word sorcery, or the, actually the Greek word, is pharmakia. Where we get our word pharmacy. And the biblical usage, according to, to uh, the... Uh, Online, not online Bible. What my memories? Bed night, huh? Blue letter Bible. Thank you. The biblical use of the word is this: the use or the administering of drugs, poisoning, poisoning, sorcery, magical arts, often found in connection with idolatry and fostered by it. And a metaphor would be the deceptions and seductions of idolatry. Now, I want you to think a little bit about what we're seeing with our pharmaceuticals in our world today. They have become gods. Dr. Fauci says he is science. Somebody's rightly called him Dr. Fraudshi. He's a fraud. And, and the vaccine, what they call a vaccine, is a drug. It's an experimental drug. It doesn't fit. They had to change. The FDA had to change the definition of vaccine to promote this new vaccine. It's no longer that which creates immunity. It, it, it helps to prevent uh, severity of symptoms. See, so the definition of vaccine used to be it was given to, to, to uh, provide immunity against a disease or infection or whatever. But now it's just the definition they change it to is now it's just a, a vaccine given to 
prevents severity of symptoms. Not immunity, because it doesn't create unity. They've even admitted, one of the FDA per- persons admitted that, oh, we've got we to gotta get this out there and try it with these kids and see if it works. And I don't know if you noticed or not, but the, a court forced, ordered the FDA to release some of the data, early data, which they wanted to hold for 55 years to prevent release. But a court ordered, and so they released uh, so many pages of it. And in the first three months of that vaccine, they have recorded 1,200 deaths as a result of the vaccine. And, of course, many other side effects and symptoms. But, see, this has become, this has become like a god. And people just worship at these, the feet of these, these pharmaceutical companies and, and these uh, so-called uh, health people who are promoting this thing. Uh, two other times, okay, in uh, Revelation 21.8, says, But the fearful and unbelieving and abominable murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And again in Revelation 22.15, for without, in other words, outside the city, outside the, the New Jerusalem, are dogs, sorcerers, and whoremongers, and murderers, and idolaters, and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. Uh, <clears throat> and the word there is very similar. It's pharmakias, and it basically means the same thing, a druggist, pharmacist, a, a poisoner, <laughs> poisoner, or magician. Uh, so, you know, these are the things that, and again, we see this, uh, and I believe this is going to increase in our world. You know, we see these, these uh, so-called health people locking down, and, and they're, causing, they're causing irreparable damage <coughs> to economies and to people's well-being with the things that they're doing. Um, but what is the Christian's answer for the world's sources. Now, these are things that the world uses for sources of relief from pressures of the world and the guilt of sin. Now, you say, is the world guilty? Yeah, they're guilty. They're guilty. They, they're, there's, there's guilt. Um, they know there's a God. And, um, you know, the conscience accuses them. But what is the answer? What is our answer? Well, John 8, 31 and 32. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Amen. You know, many go on addic- these addictions because they can't handle the pressures of life. They're consumed with guilts of sin. And because of the lifestyles they live, but rather than turn and repent, and this is what we see in the book of Revelation, you know, when, 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 when the, all the things are happening in the book of Revelation, it says that, that they ask the rocks to fall on them and to hide them from the face, the wrath of the Lamb. Do you know what that says? They know why they're suffering. Because of they've, they've opposed and rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. They know they're guilty. Yet they will not 
repent. Instead, they hold on to their sorceries and their drunkenness. But you see, when we receive the truth, as we heard this morning from Hebrews chapter 10, that Christ, the blood of Christ purges our conscience from sin. He cleanses us. He assures us of eternal life. He assures us of sins forgiven. And our sins and our iniquities, He remembers no more. Hebrews 10.18 tells us. Remember no more. The second thing, <clears throat> you know, as Christians, we're not supposed to handle the burdens and stresses of life. Any more than in a family unit, a child is not supposed to be worried about what am I going to eat? What am I going to wear? You know, I was growing up, I never worried about it. I never even gave it a thought. What's going to be on the dinner table? I just took it for granted there was always going to be food there. And there was always plenty of it. And I never worried about what clothes I was going to wear. Now, I didn't have any money. I didn't get an allowance. I was one of those kids, you know, I didn't get allowance. I didn't give ours one either. (laughs) You don't get something for nothing in our house. Now, when they worked for me, when they got old enough and they were productive, I started paying them. But, But, you know, I never worried about what I was going to, I didn't, and I didn't have any money to buy anything, so, you know, but. No, that was Dad's responsibility. And I just took for granted that's the way it was going to be. You know, every once in a while, you know, of course, we, we, we had a farm, so always wore work, what we call work shoes. And, you know, sometimes they'd get holes in them. And so every once in a while, Dad would say, Okay, boys, tonight let's go to uh, Shem's shoe store and get some new, new work boots. You know, I knew that those shoes got to a certain point of where that's what was going to happen. I just took it for granted. Well, what does the Bible say that we are supposed to do as Christians, as children of God? Psalm 5.22 says this, Cast thy burden upon the Lord. And he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Cast. That means kind of throw. Throw it. Throw your burden to the Lord. The song says, cast thy burden to the Lord and leave it there. Too often the problem is we're going to go back and pick it up. we're, We're to cast it to the Lord. He's our Father. He promised to provide for our needs. According to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Ephesians 5, turn to Ephesians 5, and verse 18. <clears throat> we get a little more explicit in the New Testament concerning things like this. But Ephesians 5, 18 says, Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. That word filled there means to be led, controlled, or directed by. Now, And then he he goes on here and talks about how a spirit-filled person acts. 
verse 19. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. You know what that sounds like to me? You know, he says that we're to, we're to be speaking to ourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in the heart to your Lord. That sounds like a, a person to me that's just kind of skipping through life and he doesn't have a care in the world. That's wearing him down. Because he's thinking about psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, things that remind him of the promises of God to him. That's where his mind is. His mind, he doesn't allow his mind to be consumed with, oh no, uh, what am I going to do in this situation? I just don't know what I'm going to do. Because his mind is consumed with psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, making melody in his heart to the Lord. Now, I do have to confess to you that, you know, I'm not always making melody in my heart to the Lord. But, you know, that's what we're supposed to do. We're to be led, be filled with the Spirit, led by Him, submitting yourselves to one another in fear of God, it says. Look at chapter 4. Verse 30 to 32. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed on the day of redemption. So, so, so and he, he gets those things we ought not to do, or how we ought not to react, and then some things we ought to do. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. So a spirit-filled person is one who acts in kindness in tenderheartedness, in forgiveness. Again, being filled, led, controlled by the Spirit of God. Now, I'll give you a little more about that later, but but look at Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, verse 5. Let your moderation be known unto all men. That word moderation means equitable, you know, Democrats are talking about equity, but they're not talking about, they don't mean equality. That's really what equity means. Fair means to be fair, mild, gentle, patient. It's not all about you. You know, that's the opposite of demanding or expecting the others to do what you will not do. You see, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. The Lord is right here. He's with us. Keep that in mind. The Lord is here with me. He can help me through this. Amen. You, is it not true that if, if, you're in a, if you're in a, as we say, in a pickle, when you have somebody in cahoots in the pickle with you, doesn't that help? Isn't that an encouragement? If they share the burden with you? Well, if you're saved, you have somebody that is willing to share the burden or bear the burden for you. He's called the comforter. The comforter. 
And of course, that is the Holy Spirit. John 16, 7. Jesus says to the disciples, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. You know, one of the things they did not want was for him to go away. They thought they were going to be lost without him. They didn't know what they'd do without him. I mean, he has spent the last three and a half years with them as their teacher, as their pastor, as the one who directed and guided and, and taught. So what are they going to do without him? He said, I'm going to send. But if I go away, I'm going to send the comforter. If I go not away, the comforter will not come. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. That word comforter means this. It's used three times there in the book of John. And it means this. In the widest sense, a helper, one who aids, an assistant. So of the Holy Spirit destined to take the place of Christ with the apostles after his ascension to the Father, to lead them to a deeper knowledge of the gospel truth, and to give them the divine strength needed to enable them to undergo trials and persecutions. Do you you ever think about the fact that the disciples endured more trials and persecutions after Christ ascended back to heaven and the Spirit of God came than they did during His earthly ministry? I mean, during His earthly ministry, when somebody spoke against Christ, James and John wanted to call down fire from heaven and destroy Him. But after... After the Spirit of God, the Comforter came, and the, 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 the Sanhedrin tried to tell them not to talk anymore in His name. They didn't, they didn't say, well, let's call down fire and destroy Him. No, they prayed. And they said, we cannot cease to teach and preach in His name. But they weren't vindictive. They didn't want to take... Revenge. There's no hint of that. They endured the persecutions. They endured the trials, the pressures that were put on them because they had the Spirit of God that empowered them. You know, we're supposed to yield our lives to the Spirit of God and allow Him to empower us to endure the pressures of life. First Peter chapter five. First Peter chapter five and verses six through eight says, Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren than in the world. This is written by Peter, of course, who understood what afflictions were. He knew firsthand what afflictions were. He had been put in jail and set to be executed, except the angel of the Lord delivered him. You know, he's writing, we believe, from Babylon. Good chance, because he had to flee. Jerusalem because of the persecution. They were after him. So he knows what afflictions are. 
He knows what some difficulties and hardships were. He also had a family. We know he had a wife. We don't know if we, how many children he may have had, but it most likely he had children that, that he was caring for too. So, so these things would have put hardships on him. But he says, look, you need to humble yourselves and cast your cares on the Lord. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be serious about this because you have an enemy. Do you know what the enemy wants? He wants you dependent on addictive substances. You know, he knows and he does not want you casting your burdens on the Lord because he knows that if you don't cast your burdens on the Lord, He can wear you down. Because if you're of a prideful spirit that says, I can handle this. You will fall. No, He says, humble yourselves under therefore in the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due time. You know, this is, a, this is one sentence. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Humble yourselves. Humble yourselves and casting your care. It takes humility to ask somebody to bear your burdens. You know what you need to do with your burdens? You need to ask the Lord to bear them. Give them to him. Give them to him. No, the devil doesn't want you to, because he knows... He knows that he can wear you down. He knows you need someone to bear your burdens. And of course, that is the Holy Spirit. Now, he does not want you dependent upon the Lord. God wants you dependent upon His Spirit and guided by His Word. So we are to yield our burdens, our cares to the Lord, our needs to the Lord. You know, if there are things that we cannot yield to the Lord, maybe it's things we should not have or participate in. You see, these things, addictive substances, things are not new to our generation. You know, all the sins that are prevalent in our generation were prevalent at Corinth. Sodomy. Effeminate, I believe that's transgender, basically. Drunkenness. Extortioners. But he says, all things are lawful with me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful, but I will not be brought under the power of any. You know, as God's people, we should not use things, take things into our body that will, are addictive, that will bring us under their control. That will alter our minds. But we should live soberly, righteously, and we ought to think God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That sound mind means a mind that can think clearly.
And when you're under a mood-altering drug, like drink alcohol or drugs, you can't think clearly. It affects your thinking. But we do have the comforter. See, God hasn't left us without a helper. He hasn't left us without a helper. He hasn't left us without a divine helper. The Holy Spirit is God. He dwells in our hearts if we are saved. And He is willing and able to help us. We just need to yield and give our burdens and our cares to Him.